Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, guys, college basketball is back. John Schaefer with you here on a special edition of the Aztec Wrap-Up Show, getting ready for tomorrow night at Viejas Arena. All the excitement, all the expectations, a banner-raising night. San Diego State back on the floor for the first time since the 2023 National Championship game. So if you're here live or on replay, and if you're looking for exclusive year-on Aztec content, this is the place for you. Make sure to subscribe. Uh, smash that like button for me as well. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That is J-O-M-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. We'd love to see your comments, whether you're here live or on replay. Uh, feel free to comment in the chat. Once we get into this, I'll make sure to get to some of these comments as well. Let us know if you're going to VA House Arena tomorrow night. Again, a 7.30 start to get it underway for the Aztecs at VA House against Cal State Fullerton. And so it begins the run it back tour for the Aztecs. Beginning Monday night, championship banner raising night. Uh, multiple banners, of course, will be going up into the rafters. Mountain West regular season tournament champions, Mountain West, um, excuse me, Mountain West regular season champions, Mountain West tournament champions, a Final Four banner, and they'll update that banner that has all the NCAA tournament appearances for San Diego State over the years as well. And of course, it's going to look a lot different, to be honest, on the floor for San Diego State. And I think that's um, for some, you know, a reason for excitement for others. You know, we're going to have to see what this looks like because you're replacing a lot of pieces. Um, but I think they have the pieces in place, whether it's the returnees, some of the additions or some of the newcomers um, in, you know, underclassmen. Um, and San Diego State thinks they have a team that is capable of, you know, competing as they did a year ago for a Mountain West uh, championship and hopefully a deep run in the NCAA tournament. So, again, San Diego State and Cal State Fullerton, we're going to get into this schedule. Uh, we'll get into this roster uh, we'll take a look at some of the returnees for San Diego State, some of the newcomers, uh, preview this game against Cal State Fullerton as well. Um, you know, obviously, for San Diego State to replicate last year is easier said than done, right? And you're replacing some of the, you know, premier players in the history of San Diego State basketball, whether it's Nathan Mensah, um, you know, obviously what Matt Bradley did the last couple of years at San Diego State, uh, Aguaca Rope. Right, Adam Seiko, Keisha Johnson transferring to Arizona. But you do have a lot of pieces back and some really talented players that had unbelievable years for the Aztecs a year ago, like Lamont Butler, of course, who hit the shot, like Jaden Ledee, who really turns it on in the second half last year for the Aztecs. Micah Parrish is back at big shot after big shot for San Diego State last year. You have Darion Trammell, who's a bit of a question mark heading into the year because of his shoulder. Um, so hopefully San Diego State gets Trammell back sooner rather than later. And then you've got your sophomore class that went through it all last year with Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders. We didn't see a lot of them on the floor 
a year ago. And then you add in some newcomers via the transfer portal, whether it's Reese Waters, the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12 last year, Jay Powell, who transfers from Campbell, Wiry forward. Um, you know, you pair that group with some other returnees, Demarcia Johnson Jr. returning, uh, newcomers, Miles Heidi, a freshman, B.J. Davis, a freshman, Kate Alger is now on scholarship for San Diego State as well. And the Aztecs feel as if they're deep. Um, I think the difference, or at least, you know, start the year as opposed to a year ago, is San Diego State basically knew the rotation last year heading into the season. They were coming off that disappointing loss to Creighton in the NCAA tournament two seasons ago, and they brought nearly everyone back from that team, right? Whether it was Mensa, Arobe, Bradley, some of the younger players, um, Lamont Butler, right? They added in. Darion Trammell, but they were basically near identical between the disappointment of the first round loss to Creighton to the national championship game run and the loss to UConn last year. This team is replacing a lot, but also has a lot back and feels as if they've added high caliber players, whether it is, again, the Reese Waters and the Jay Pals, and again, the a year additional under their belts of Elijah Saunders and Miles Bird. So I think you still have a deep rotation potentially here. You just don't have as many players that have played in the system as you probably had a year ago. And the Aztecs are going to be tested from, I mean, potentially as soon as tomorrow night against Cal State Fullerton. And we'll talk about kind of what goes in to winning on a night where you're going to have all the excitement, all the nerves and the energy. Every team in the country has nerves and energy on opening night, but you add in Everything that goes into San Diego State returning for the first time really since the national championship game. Sure, there was an exhibition game, but I mean, there, there's all types of hoopla that's surrounding tomorrow night. And how do you separate that and put yourself in a position to win a basketball game against a good team? You know, Cal State Fullerton is not some bottom feeder in Division One. This is not a 300 or lower net program. Dedrick Taylor's done a really good job. Over the last decade, he's taken the Titans to the NCAA tournament a couple of times, including two years ago. They won 20 games last year. They were in the Big West Championship game last year. They've got an outstanding returnee in Max Jones. They've got some other players that are returning from last year's team as well. They've lost a lot. They lost a transfer to the University of Alabama, but they're expected to be good once again in the Big West. San Diego State's a sizable favorite in this game, something like 14 or 15 points. But, you know, it's not a 30-point margin here in terms of a line for San Diego State against Cal State Fullerton. And if you were at the opener last year against Fullerton, you'll remember it was a very good game into the second half before the Aztecs really uh, cruised to an 80-57 to 57 win. So if you're going tomorrow, make sure to get there early. Banners are going up. Tip time is going to be just after 7.30, somewhere in that 7.35 to 7.40 range. The game is televised on FS1. Of course, you can... Uh, listen to the game with Ted Lightner on the call, San Diego Sports 760. Our pregame coverage, by the way, on the radio tomorrow is going to join. Uh, actually, excuse me, it's going to begin at 6 p.m. That's when our official pregame coverage is going to begin. But actually, our radio show, John and Jim, is going to be live from outside Viejas Arena beginning at 3 o'clock. So we've got about four and a half hours of pregame coverage for you tomorrow on San Diego Sports 760. Officially, about a 90-minute pregame show. We'll um, carry the entirety of the festivities before the game. And then the Aztecs will be off and running on this 2023-24 campaign, um, you know, it sounds easy, right? Just win one more game. Um, but obviously, we know what goes into winning in the NCAA tournament and just getting to the NCAA tournament, obviously, can be a challenge. But the Aztecs, preseason top 25, preseason Mountain West, um, you know, predicted to win the Mountain West here in 2023-24. And again, they're going to be tested whether or not it's on Monday night against Cal State Fullerton or in the future, like Friday 
in Provo against BYU, where San Diego State traditionally has not had really any success. They did win there in 2019-20 when they went 30-2. and I was actually there for that game. I was there two years later as well, a close loss by the Aztecs. And I'm actually going to be there again on Friday night. But San Diego State all-time at the Marriott Center, 4-30. and 4-30 and all-time at the Marriott Center, and that includes some of the best teams in San Diego State history, 2019-20, um, 2011, right, with Kawhi. Kawhi played a couple of times there, you know. So it will not be easy on Friday night, nor will some of the um, remainder, remainder of the non-conference schedule, St. Mary's in Vegas, either Washington or Xavier in Las Vegas as well. They'll get an improved Cal team in San Juan Capistrano coming up later this month. They're going to play in Grand Canyon, which is a very difficult building to play in. I think Aztec fans are aware of that. Uh, they're going to play Gonzaga. They have Stanford at home. So this is no cakewalk. And the one thing that has changed, now San Diego State's always been the top of the Mountain West, right? And everyone's always been gunning for them in the Mountain West, so to speak. And they've been perennial top 25, obviously, under Steve Fisher and Brian Dutcher for the better part of the last quarter century. But this is different. Coming off a appearance in the national championship game, this is basically everyone's Super Bowl playing San Diego State this season, beginning tomorrow night with Fullerton, right? I mean, nothing to lose on the road, as good of an atmosphere as they're going to play in all season long. And, you know, trying to land punches and, you know, the cliche, just, you know, um, you know, nothing to lose, really, if you're Cal State Fullerton. And this is going to be the, the story of the season, I think, for San Diego State. They always get the best from their opponents, and I think that's absolutely going to be the case here in 2023-24, including tomorrow, because when you're an opponent and a team is putting banners in the rafter, that's got to be highly motivating. And San Diego State has to be able to separate all of that, that nervous energy, that excitement, that recognition, and find a way to win the game. I think it was Jane Ledee after the exhibition game on Monday night that said to the media, um, you know, how are you going to remember this, this night? opening night with the banners going up. He said, well, I'm going to remember it a lot more, uh, a lot better if we win the game. So we'll see if San Diego State is able to do that against Fullerton. They've been very good against Fullerton all time, including an 80-57 to 57 victory a year ago on opening night at VA Haas Arena. So if you're making your way in, we're going to be with you until about 9.30 tonight. So maybe for the next 30 or so minutes, if you're here, subscribe. Year-round content for Aztecs fans. Smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. That is J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. I've also pinned a link at the top of the chat, this brand-new collectible that is being offered right now through Aztec Link, which is a signed, numbered, authenticated collectible of Lamont Butler's iconic shot. This is an amazing, amazing holiday gift idea. Um, Aztec Link being run by J.R. Tolver, Aztec for Life, former great football player, and this is a, an NIL opportunity benefiting Lamont Butler and also benefiting Aztec Link. So it's an amazing opportunity. Once they're gone, they're gone. It's a one-time run. If you want it, click that link pinned at the top of the chat. I also have a link in the description down below. Um, an amazing holiday gift, kind of a one-time opportunity to pick up a signed, authenticated collectible of the shot that Lamont Butler hit. So make sure to check that out. Support student-athletes at San Diego State as well. You know, getting into this roster, I think the initial question mark, there's a couple of them. Obviously, you're replacing a lot from last year. How do you replace Nathan Mensah, one of the elite defensive players in the country over the last five years? And they're going to look different. San Diego State's going to look different. And I think, um, you know, there's two sides to that coin. Um, they might have success in one area where they don't have as much success in another area. I think they're going to look a lot different on offense. They're going to look a lot different 
obviously on defense as well. I think a lot of people are excited to watch Jaden Ladee's continued emergence. Brian Dutcher has spoken so glowingly of Ladee over the last two plus years, that redshirt year last year, as he turns it on in the second half, um, really a, a one man wrecking crew at times in February, in March, they turned to him against FAU before Lamont Butler for a couple of field goals before, of course, that iconic field goal from Butler as time expired. So Jaden Ladee's progression, of course, is going to be exciting for Aztec fans. But again, he, there's a difference between Jaden Ladee and Nathan Mensa and you know, Jaden isn't going to be the exact same player as Nathan, obviously. And you can't ask Jaden to be the exact same defensive player that Nathan has been for San Diego State. Now, offensively, you know, Jaden obviously has a really unique skill set. And we, we've seen it over the last year plus. Um, great rebounder, very good defender, outstanding offensive player. I think we're going to see more from him in his game offensively this year. I think you're going to see him more on the perimeter as well. We saw that in the exhibition game. On Monday night. So it'll be interesting to see how Jaden looks and what position is Jaden playing? Is he playing the five primarily? Is he playing the four as well when he's not playing the five? You know, who is behind him initially? Is it Miles Heidi, who's a true freshman? Is it Demarche Johnson getting some time at that five as well? So that's going to be interesting to watch. Um, and just the, you know, all the veteran players that you have to replace, I think is something that could take a little bit of time. And there's time, even though you've replaced some of these veteran players with veteran transfers like Reese Waters, well, they got to get comfortable. And I don't know if it's realistic to think that's going to happen in, you know, one half of a basketball game or one week of a season, even one month of a season. And the one thing we know about San Diego State is these teams typically get better as the season goes on especially under Brian Dutcher. So I think you need to be willing to give this team time to mesh and gel. The Reese Waters, the Jay Powells, the uh, freshmen like Heidi, the sophomores like Saunders and Bird. I think there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve in there for the Aztecs, even though the expectations from Aztec fans are going to be to be playing at your best from day one. We'll see if that's realistic or not. But a year ago, you had all those returnees, fifth-year players like AG, who's going to be that glue guy, by the way. Um, you know, Nathan Mensa, fifth year player in Matt Bradley, sixth year player in Adam Seiko, fourth year player in Keisha Johnson. Like that, that's a lot to replace. But San Diego State feels as if they're in position to do it. And again, they've got players that are back that are hoping to have better years than they had a year ago, which is saying a lot when you think about the years that Lamont Butler and Jaden Ledee and Micah Parrish and Darian Tramel had for San Diego State. So again, it's different, which I think sometimes is a good thing. Um, it's going to take a little while to get used to. What does this team look like on offense? They might be really efficient on offense. Are they going to be the same defensive team? I saw Brian Dutcher, I think, was quoted by Mark Ziegler tonight in an article saying, um, or I, I think it was Mark. I might have seen it elsewhere, but something along the lines of, if we're going to win the Mountain West, we're going to do it on the defensive side of the ball. That has been the calling card for the Aztecs, and that was the case a year ago, especially late when they really turned it on in February and March. They were winning on the defensive side. Yeah, we think they might be more efficient on offense this year. But at the, the end of the day, you're going to need stops. You're going to be in close games. And it's going to start with the defensive side. So how long does it take for San Diego State to look like a top 25 caliber defense? Is it from day one? Or is it going to take some time? And how do you do that without Nathan Mensah on the floor, without a Guilka Rope on the floor in 2023-24? So we're going to find out. Um, I think... There is a lot of excitement for good reason, considering what the Aztecs did a year ago, considering what they've added, and considering um, you know the non-conference schedule that Brian Dutcher has put together, the recruiting classes coming in for the Aztecs, not just this year, but in future years as well. There's a lot of excitement here, obviously. Is it hard to replicate? Of course it is. Is it hard to get back to a Final Four? Of course it is. 
Um, but that's the beauty of the sport. You really never know, right? San Diego State entered the tournament last year. And how many Aztec fans entered the tournament last year thought San Diego State was going to end up in the national championship game, right? First Final Four appearance in school history. And you just, you never know when it's going to be your year. You could be a one seed and get knocked out in the first round. Look at Virginia. And then a year later, they win a national championship game. Or look at Purdue. Or you could be a one, two, or three seed last year. None of those teams made the Final Four. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. San Diego State, a Final Four appearance last year as a five seed. Aztecs have had better regular seasons than they had a year ago, right? 2019-20, 30-2, we'll never know. Because of the pandemic, uh, 2014, remarkable uh, regular season. 2011, great regular season. A couple of Sweet 16 teams. But you never know the beauty of the NCAA tournament, the madness of March, the one-and-done format. You never know when it's your turn. And San Diego State could have a better regular season this year and bow out earlier or they could have a worse regular season this year, still sneak into the NCAA tournament and make a run again to the Final Four. And that's the beauty of the NCAA tournament and something that you get in college basketball that you don't really get in football. Maybe we'll get more of it next year when they expand the postseason all the way to 12 from four. But the beauty of the, is this thing is everyone's represented, every single league in the country. And um, as Aztec fans know, over the last 25 years, you've seen a lot of San Diego State in the NCAA tournament. And over the last, you know, 10, 12 years from 2011 on, Sweet 16, 2011, Sweet 16, 2014, 30 and 2 in 2020, we'll never know. And then the national championship game in 2023. And if that 2020 season was played, who knows? Maybe San Diego State has been in two of the last four Final Four, something that we'll never know. Aztecs could have had an early exit, could have won a national championship, something that, as I've talked about uh, obsessively over the years, something that we're never really going to know about. Um, let's see what else here for the Aztecs who again, get Fullerton on Monday night. And so it begins. And you look at this November schedule for the Aztecs that we briefly touched on. You got to go to elevation and Provo on Friday. You come home for long beach state, a team that's picked towards the top of the big West. And then you go to Las Vegas for the main event during F1 weekend, where you play St. Mary's preseason top 15 team that had a really good 2023 and then you have either Xavier or Washington, Xavier NCAA tournament team, 
expected to get back in 2024. Washington, they've been down a bit over the last handful of years. So we'll see if the Aztecs get either Xavier or Washington. Cal and San Juan Capistrano is an interesting matchup. They've got a ton of newcomers at Cal via the transfer portal. Um, they're expected to be a lot better than they've been in recent years. You go to UC San Diego, which is interesting. Aztecs have hosted UC San Diego the last couple of years. You go to Grand Canyon. Uh, you host UC Irvine. They've, of course, been very good out of the Big West over the years. Um, you've got Stanford at home. And then that I think that non-conference game that a lot of Aztec fans have circled, the renewal of a longtime series between the Aztecs and Gonzaga, and some familiar faces, by the way, Gonzaga, right? Ryan Nemhart is there, the transfer from Creighton, Graham E.K., the center transfer from Wyoming. So a lot of the Aztecs like Lamont and Darion and Jaden and Micah and others are going to be familiar with some of those names and faces on Gonzaga. By the way, that's the start of a home and home series, which means Gonzaga will be in San Diego next season, which is pretty cool for San Diego State fans to get a chance to see the Zags here at Viejas, I think for the first time since 2017. And then the Aztecs will begin conference play at home against Fresno State on January 3rd. And as we know, from watching this team over the years. While San Diego State has traditionally dominated the Mountain West Conference, there are not really easy nights in the league, specifically on the road. And you always look to avoid those you know, hiccups against the bottom of the league, although the bottom of the league was really up last year. And the last two years, the Mountain West has gotten four teams into the NCAA tournament. This is clearly, I think, heading into 2023-24, the best league outside of the Power Five in America. Um, I think that's unquestioned heading into the season. Now things can change. But what happened last year, and I think it actually began two years ago, is the bottom of the league is so much better. And no longer do you have those teams in the 250 range or the 300 range in the net. Now the bottom of the league is in that like 125, 150, 170 range. And over the last couple of years, you've had five, six, seven teams in the top 100 of the net. And sometimes five, six teams in the top 75 of the net. And because of that strength, you don't really take on water if you lose a game in the league. And also because of that strength, when you got four, five, six teams inside the top 60, you get a lot of really good um, you know, quad opportunities, quad one, quad two opportunities. And San Diego State's going to have those opportunities. They'll have those chances to build a non-conference resume, um, again, with the road game at BYU, with the neutrals against St. Mary's and potentially Xavier, with the road at Grand Canyon, that's gonna, not going to be lower than a quad two. Um, with the road game, Gonzaga, with the neutral against Cal, could very well be a quad two. And then in league, um, again, if this league is going to get three or more teams into the NCAA tournament, you're going to have quad one and quad two opportunities, whether it's Boise State, um, whether it's New Mexico. We'll see about UNLV. We'll see about Colorado State. But you, you get my point, right? You're going to get more than just a game or two in the league that's going to be a quad one or quad two opportunity. When you go on the road, you're going to get a lot of quad two opportunities, and you're going to get a few quad one opportunities and depending on new mexico and boise state you're going to get some quad one opportunities potentially at home as well so i really like the schedule um brian dutcher has joked a bit this offseason saying that you know you've got job security when you schedule like this and he's not kidding um i think i saw earlier this offseason within the last month that san diego state among the power programs in the country has the toughest non-conference schedule in the country based on like preseason analytics Ken Palm, Net, right? Analytics, Bart Torvik. San Diego State, when you look at the BYUs, St. Mary's, Xavier's, Grand Canyons, Stanford, Cal, Gonzaga, that's about as good as you can do. Like, look around the country at what, what programs are scheduling, especially upper echelon programs, 
And it's one thing to test yourself. It's another thing to test yourself the way San Diego State is scheduled. I think it speaks highly on what Brian Dutcher believes he has here with this team. And we'll see if we see it from day one or how long it takes for this team to kind of reach its ceiling. Typically under Dutch, his teams play their best in February and March. I mean, that has just been a fact with the Aztecs over the last six seasons. And I think it's a very good quality for a program to have. Last year, five wins in the NCAA tournament. Obviously, 2020, 30 and two, they were good from day one. They started 26 and 0. Can't necessarily expect that, obviously, especially with this schedule. But this is the type of schedule where you don't have to be perfect. Um, and you don't have to go through the nine conference with only one or two losses. You've put yourself in a position with this schedule where, you know, just by knocking off a couple of these teams, it's going to be less about your record and more about your metrics, I think, for the Aztecs, because I don't think they're going to have a chance to really take on much water so to speak, in the non-conference. And you beat a couple of these teams and you're going to put yourself where you're in position to be in position when it comes to like at-large candidacy to reach the NCAA tournament. And that's what you always want to do with the schedule. Of course, every year you want to win the Mountain West Tournament Championship, but easier said than done. And yeah, the Aztecs have been in six consecutive Mountain West Tournament Championship games, but it's not easy to win that tournament every single year. One and done, three games in three days. Could be as many as four games in four days. But one and done, like you want to put yourself in a position where you don't have to win three games in three days. And by and large, that's what San Diego State has done. Last year didn't need to win it. Year before didn't need to win it. When they were the, uh, what, eight seed against Creighton, they didn't win it. A uh, year prior to that, they were a five seed or a six seed when they played Syracuse. Year prior to that, they would have been a two seed when they lost to Utah State in the Mountain West Championship game, right? So the Aztecs, each of the last four years, would have been in the NCAA tournament as an at-large if they didn't win the Mountain West tournament. Um, SD Sports Fiend, thank you for the comment, saying six top 100 Ken Palm teams in non-conference. I mean, that, that's a lot when you consider you got two non-D1 games as well. By the way, those don't weigh down your metrics. So people might be saying, oh, you're playing St. Catharines, you're playing Point Loma. Um, you know, what's that going to mean for their metrics? Isn't that going to weigh them down? No. Division two games don't count when it comes to those metrics. So, I mean, how many non-conference games do you have when you take against division one opponents, when you take away those two non-D1s? What do you have, 10? Something in that neighborhood, 10 or 11. So six of your 10 or 11 non-conference opponents right now are in the top 100 in Ken Palm. That's more than enough to build a resume. That's more than enough to build a resume for the Aztecs. So, that's kind of the you know schedule coming in. This is a program that has won as, at as uh, high of a level as any program in the country since that 30-2 and two season. They've got the third best win percentage in the country since 2019. Since the 2019-20 season, the Aztecs are 108-23. and 23. They won 82.4% of the job. I used to say Brian Dutcher is the most underrated coach in America, but that's no longer the case because everyone knows about Brian Dutcher and San Diego State. Now he's just one of the best coaches in America, period. He's got an elite coaching staff that has done well in the, in the transfer portal. They've done well via the prep route. Um, they've kept players, right? They haven't lost a lot via the portal. They have Lamont back. They have Jaden back. That's a credit to the coaching staff, obviously. Um, both of those players testing the NBA waters. Both of those players believing that with even a better year this year, they'll have a chance to you know up their stock for the NBA in 2024. And I think it's a marvelous opportunity for both those players I mean, I can't wait to see continued progression from Jaden Ledee. Brian Dutcher saying throughout the course of the NCAA tournament, you're seeing, you know, Ledee just scratch the surface. He'll be given more opportunities. Um, I think a lot of the offense is going to run through Jaden Ledee 
here in 2023-24. And he's coming off that, you know, monster game against San Marcos. I know it was an exhibition. Played very well against Arizona State in a close scrimmage. So did Lamont. So I, I think if if Jaden continues to take a step forward, if Lamont continues to take a step forward, like think about that. I mean, you're talking about two of the better attorneys in the nation improving from where they were a year ago. You have Darian Trammell, who was playing you know, unbelievable basketball late in the year. Now, his shoulder is a concern. There's no question about that. His shoulder injury is a concern. He's not expected, I don't believe, to be available on Monday night. They do hope to get him back sooner rather than later. But you're talking about a situation where without Trammell, where does San Diego State turn when Lamont Butler's not on the floor from a point guard perspective? And I'm assuming it's going to be Miles Bird given that opportunity, but Bird didn't play a lot last year. I think only appeared in four games a season ago. Now, he's got a really high ceiling, and Aztec fans are excited about what they've seen in limited you know, opportunities for Miles Bird, including last week against um, San Marcos. But you know, without Darion Trammell, you're really putting pressure on your backcourt. They do have veterans in that backcourt. Reese Waters, obviously, in that backcourt. Uh, Micah Parrish on a wing. But in terms of ball handling and point guard duties, and Lamont could play a lot of minutes. I mean, we've seen Lamont play 35-plus minutes a lot in his career. Last year, they didn't necessarily need it as much because they had so much depth and they really did play nine starters, so to speak. And their bench was almost as good as their starting five, I think was interchangeable a lot. And there were times where they got more production from their bench than they did the starting lineup. So that's something that is something that, you know, could be very impactful from from game one. Where do they turn from a backup point guard perspective? And also, what does this lineup look like? in the absence of Darion Trammell, because Trammell would have been starting, obviously, for the Aztecs. Um, but Trammell, presumably, because of the shoulder, will be out, um, which means you're going to have a little bit of a different lineup for the Aztecs. I think, did they start Miles Heidi on, on Monday? I forget. I think Miles Heidi started on Monday. Brian Dutcher has spoken glowingly about Heidi, the freshman, um, 6'10", forward. But remember, he's a true freshman. So, you know, you can't expect him to be playing the best basketball of his career from game one if he's a true freshman. I think if they had Trammell, they're probably playing a little smaller, potentially with four guards. Without Trammell, more traditional, the three-guard, two-forward uh, lineup, potentially for Brian Dutcher tomorrow night. Uh, Reese Waters, it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes him to get acclimated. You're talking about the reigning pack. Oh, excuse me, Elijah Saunders started. Thank you, Fiend. Um, Elijah Saunders starting, um, which makes sense. The sophomore had meaningful minutes last year um, for the Aztecs. That makes sense. Saunders. So, you know, when you look at that front court depth, again, it, it's young. They got a young team, but you have Saunders, you have Heidi, you have Demarche Johnson, you have Jay Powell. Like, I think they have depth, right? I think it's a, it's a little different than a year ago, but I do think there's depth there and reasons to believe they're going to improve throughout the course of the year as these guys get more opportunities. And then you have Jaden who I think is going to be really good from day one. And then in your backcourt, once you get Trammell, you have more than enough. And it's going to be interesting to see how long it takes for Reese Waters to get comfortable because it feels like, you know, I mean, you're playing with completely new teammates in a completely new league, but, you know, he's a fourth-year player and has had a lot of success at a high level in the Pac-12, six men of the year last year for SC. Um, he's had a lot of success. You know, he could shoot the three ball well. Um, he's had, you know, a lot of success from the floor in general, good free throw shooter. Um, I think they, I don't know if he's going to necessarily fill Matt Bradley's role in terms of if you need a bucket, you're going to Reese waters, but I do think Reese waters is going to be put in a position where he's capable of scoring, you know, double figures each and every night, which is what he did, 
um, for SC. And you know with San Diego State, there's a lot of offensive creativity. Or excuse me, there's a lot of offensive freedom when you're playing well at the defensive side. So I think Reese Waters will be given a lot of opportunities offensively for the Aztecs to see even more, um, see the ball in his hand more than he had a year ago at SC. But in terms of, you know, where is the ball going to go in terms of when San Diego State needs a bucket? A year ago, it went to Matt Bradley, right? And this year, I just feel as if there's so many options potentially for the Aztecs where you got Lamont, who's got that improved jumper that we saw a year ago, that, you know, improved three-point jumper as well that he worked on throughout the course of the offseason. You have Jaden, who is not just a threat in the paint, but is really good from the elbow. I think we'll see him shooting from the outside as well. You have Reese Waters. Um, we know what Darion Trammell did last year in the NCAA tournament. So I just feel like they're going to be really well-rounded late in shot clock situations where a year ago, maybe you're turning to Matt Bradley. I think you're going to have more options potentially offensively, which is going to make San Diego state, you know, tough to match up against potentially. I think this has a chance to be a really, really dynamic and efficient offense. And, you know, defensively, if nothing else, they're, they're going to be good. Now, how good we'll find out. And will there be, Growing pains? Yeah, absolutely. I thought a year ago, I think if you look back a year ago with San Diego State defensively, and again, we always look at the finished product and, you know, they're playing with physicality and they look like grown men against programs like Furman and Charleston. And, you know, they're using their size and their, you know, like width to their advantage where um, I'm losing my train of thought on where I was going with that. Yeah. A, a year ago, they're wearing people down, obviously. With their, with their size defensively. I know where I was going with that. If you look back at the first 20 or so games for San Diego State, while they were good defensively, they were nowhere near as good as they'd eventually become in February and beyond. I want to say there was like a players-only meeting at one point, maybe called by A.G. and Nathan, and Mark Ziegler wrote about it, maybe before the Boise State game at home when San Diego State absolutely demolished Boise State when they really got focused and honed in as a team, kind of saying like, we can even be better than we are right now. And they took it to another level. And then we saw the best of their defensive performances, I think in the NCAA tournament against some of the elite offenses they saw all year. I'm talking about Alabama. I'm talking about Creighton. You look at the efficiency of like a Furman offense. That was a really efficient offense. I think Charleston has solid offense. FAU is an elite offensive scoring team. Obviously UConn as good of a team as there was in the nation last year and deservedly the national champion. But, you know, San Diego State played its best defense late last year, where I think it took them a little bit of time. If you go back and watch some of those performances, I'd say all the way until like February, San Diego State was a good defensive team that became a great defensive team. So it'll be interesting to see where San Diego State is defensively from game one. You know, are they good from day one? Are they better than that? Are they worse than that? And what is their ceiling defensively without Nathan as that rim protector? Right. And, you know, Jaden had some huge defensive moments last year for San Diego State in the NCAA tournament um, to go along, obviously, with some of the offense that he provided for the Aztecs in the NCAA tournament as well. So that's the excitement of this. Like there's a there's an unknown that goes into it. We don't know what it's going to look like, but there's reasons for excitement because you look at all these pieces and say, wow, you know, they have a lot back. They've added some really skilled players where Reese Waters, they really wanted him. They were talking to him throughout the NCAA tournament to get the sixth man of the year in the Pac-12, obviously, is a win. Jay Powell, um, I think a lot of people aren't familiar yet with his game, but turn on the film from Campbell. He was playing with the best player in his league at the end of last year. In fact, they heard his coach at Campbell say that uh, this year in the preseason that Jay Powell was the best player 
Um, I think it was in the ASUN last year by the end of the season. Again, there's going to be a, a leap in league. There'll be an adjustment there for Pal. But then again, Darian Tramel had an adjustment last year coming from Seattle. Micah Parrish had an adjustment last year as well um, coming from Oakland. So that's to be expected. Um, you know, the freshman, I'm excited about. B.J. Davis, I don't know how many opportunities he's going to have, but without Darian Tramel, you'd think he's going to have chances to get on the floor. Um, Miles Heidi, he's going to be on the floor, I would think. With what you've turned over in the front court, Miles Heidi is going to get opportunities, obviously, I think for San Diego State beginning tomorrow night. But they've got pieces that just need to come together. And that usually happens over a period of time, not necessarily on night one. But, of course, you got to be get it ready to go from night one. Because I would say this, that because of that non-conference schedule with these six top 100 teams in Ken Palm, because of that, you can't really afford a hiccup in those home games against programs in the Big West, right? Fullerton at home, you got to beat. Long Beach State at home, you got to beat. UC Irvine at home, you got to beat. Those are the games. And again, it's college basketball. When I, it, There's no such thing as a must win, obviously, on November 6th. But you kind of got to win the game, right? I mean, against Fullerton at home, when you got to go to BYU for game two, you don't want to be staring at the possibility of 0-2. So you got to beat Fullerton in the opener. And there's not a lot of home games in the non-conference on the schedule, which is a credit, I think, to the Aztecs. They're, you know, did you have to play Grand Canyon on the road this year? Well, they were under contract and they're returning that game. Um, so you give them credit for that. I think there's a lot of programs that probably try to get out of that contract. Um, there are programs that maybe try to, you know, move that UC San Diego road game to another year. Aztecs, to their credit, they're following through on these commitments off a national championship game appearance. So they got a lot of games outside of Viejas. A lot of games outside of Viejas in the non-conference, um, which I think is a credit really to Brian Dutcher and also speaks again to what I said earlier, what he um, you know thinks about the capabilities of this program and this team here in 2023-24. All right, let me get to some of this chat. If you want to weigh in, if you want to put a comment in, I'll try to get to some of the chat. Um, we'll be here for the next 10 minutes or so. If you are here Please subscribe. You're on content for Aztec fans, football and men's basketball. We'll have tons of content for you with men's basketball season now underway beginning tomorrow night. Smash the like button for me if you wouldn't mind. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer, J-O-N-S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Um, okay, let's see here. Uh, thank you, Larry Joe, for hanging out. He says, let's get this party started, John. I can't wait for tomorrow night. I know Aztec fans are through the roof. Um no pun intended with the banners going up to the roof tomorrow night. But I can't wait. I can't wait for tomorrow night. It just feels like um, a celebration of Aztec basketball, not just last year. All the teams that came before last year, this whole era of basketball from 1999 on, Steve Fisher to Brian Dutcher, all the players that came, came before the 2023 team. It just feels like a celebration of all the good things that San Diego State has accomplished on the basketball floor over the last 25 years. I think it's got a chance to be as good of an atmosphere as there's ever been at Viejas Arena. We'll find out when we get there tomorrow night. Obviously, there's been huge games there. The Gonzagas, the BYUs, you know, 26-0, putting banners up against UNLV in 2020, and the list goes on and on. And obviously, Fullerton isn't the typical opponent you would expect for the best atmosphere in the history of Viejas Arena. But when you consider the circumstance coming off a national championship game appearance and putting a Final Four banner in, into the rafters, I think it has a chance to be as good of an atmosphere as there's ever been in the history of the building. Tyler, thank you for your comment. He says, can't wait for tomorrow. Atmosphere is going to be unforgettable. I, and I agree with that. I do. I think the atmosphere tomorrow 
is going to be unforgettable. Uh, Fiend, thanks, man. He says his only concern is a uh, lack of specialists. No three-point snipers, true rim protector, lack of specialists can bring down efficiency. I mean, I would say this. Micah Parrish is a really capable scorer from the outside who hit some big shots, some really big shots for the Aztecs a year ago. 35% career from beyond the arc, I think, is a good number. And he had some clutch threes, kind of cold-blooded threes for the Aztecs last year. NCAA tournament, I want to say against Charleston, hit a big one. Um, he had some big moments in that NCAA tournament. The shot against Irvine off Maui was massive for the Aztecs because any one loss along the way, and all of a sudden you have a different seed, and you're not the five seed, and you're not going through Charleston, right? And you're not going through you know, that side of a bracket. So I thought Mike had some really big moments. I think Lamont Butler – was a really good he shot 34.2% from beyond the arc last year. If that goes up a tick, I mean just a tick, one or two percent. If he's a 36, 37 percent three-point shooter with his ability to get downhill, with his ability to pull up from 15 feet, right? Um, in terms of outside Darian Tremel, obviously a year ago, um 31.4% from beyond the arc. I think probably better than that in the NCAA tournament. Career is about 34% three-point shooter. Uh, Reese Waters' career is a 35% three-point shooter. It was less than that a year ago. It would be nice to see him shoot 35% this upcoming year. Now, to your point, do you have Adam Seiko who can hit 50% of his threes? I mean, that, he was literally as good of a three-point shooter off the bench as there was in the country. Um, do you have the best defensive center in the country, arguably? Okay, well, yeah. I mean, Nathan Mensa for the last five years, is one of the great defensive players in the history of San Diego State. And gave some of the best centers in the country fits throughout the NCAA tournament. But I thought Jaden did as well when he was playing that reserve five role for the Aztecs in the NCAA tournament. So we saw a lot of improvement from Jaden defensively a year ago playing the five. And I think that's going to continue here in 2023-24. Um, Larry Joe says, a cow before Bradley transferred to state, he had the ball a lot in his hands to get a bucket at SC. Dixon Waters got a lot of his scoring off the ball. Two completely different players. There's no question about it. I mean, if, if you've watched San Diego State the last couple of years, as Larry Joe and others have, you know, Bradley got touches and Bradley got shots, right? High volume shooter and score. And he had some huge moments, obviously, for the Aztecs the last couple of years. Um, the offense is going to flow differently without Bradley, right? I think there'll probably be more movement without Bradley. And that's to take nothing away from Matt Bradley because oftentimes there wasn't movement because you needed him to score the basketball late in shot clock situations. And often he came through. I mean, often. You know, he was criticized his first year with San Diego State for some of those late game moments that didn't go the Aztecs way, didn't go his way. He hit huge free throws a year ago after missing some big shots two, um, two years ago. And he had, he had huge moments. Think about FAU. He had three threes in the first like five minutes or four threes in the first 10 minutes. I mean, Matt Bradley is one of the elite scorers in the history of San Diego State. I just think the offense is going to look different without Bradley on the floor, which is going to benefit really everyone's ability to score the basketball potentially. Yep, no doubt, Kyle, from Fisher to Dutcher. Um, amazingly, right, that continuity, just two head coaches over the last quarter century on the Mesa. Uh, Steve says, from what I saw of Heidi in the exhibition, I think he'd get a lot of minutes. He did not look like a freshman. Yeah, you're hearing that. Um, and if you've heard Brian Dutcher talk about Miles Heidi, I think he has said before he loves Heidi. When he was watching his game in high school when he was recruiting him, he said he loves Miles Heidi. So, again, he's going to be a game one true freshman. 
so that might not be the player he is as a you know game 30 true junior but there's going to be opportunities for miles heidi on the floor i think beginning tomorrow night um tom says parish got the yip steep in the tourney i don't really remember that necessarily um but i'd have to go back and uh and watch or look at some box scores uh fiend says uh yeah he hurt his wrist against alabama he wasn't the same after that yeah kind of remember that circumstance playing out um as well so yeah hopefully parish is healthy again health is a big part of this i thought a year ago san diego state had the benefit of health really good teams typically have that right really good teams have some things go their way and san diego state may have had that a year ago it's not easy to get to a national championship game even if you have the best team literally in the nation um and san diego state by and large was able to stay healthy a year ago they're starting this year likely without darion tremel due to the shoulder something that has been a nagging injury i think of his over the last couple of years he managed it a year ago and i think that's probably the case here this year as well i think it's one of those injuries he's going to have to manage you probably don't want to force it from day one knowing that this hopefully will be another very long season for the aztecs but hopefully they get tremel out there um sooner rather than later but health is a big part of it some good fortune is a part of it and we'll see beginning tomorrow night for the aztecs um, Steve wants to know, who do you think will be the most improved player this year? That's a really good question. I think it probably is going to come down to Bird or Saunders, wouldn't you think? You know, I, I think Lamont was already a great player last year. I thought Jaden was already a great player last year. You know, Tremel was a starter last year. Micah was, a, you know, a really valuable player last year. So I would guess it's going to be either Bird or Saunders, and I would take either, um, and I'd be happy with it if it's Miles Bird playing you know, sizable minutes and paying dividends, or if it's Elijah Saunders playing sizable minutes and paying dividends, I think they're going to need both, by the way, to be really good. They're both going to have to contribute mean, like in a meaningful way. Um, there's no question about that. They're going to need Reese Waters, obviously. They're going to need Jay Powell, but I, I think they're going to need Bird and Saunders to contribute in a meaningful way. And I'm hoping that at the end of the year, we say that, man, what a year it was for the true sophomore Elijah Saunders, or what a year it was for the true sophomore Miles Bird. Uh, yeah, there's no question. I mean, again, the thing here, too, is like by the time we get to the NCAA tournament, you're going to think Bird and Saunders are like juniors because they're going to have played like 35 games potentially this year. They're going to be the end of their sophomore years, two years into the program, right? Like there's going to be a big difference from Miles Bird day one last year to 35 games into a sophomore year, would be my guess. Same can be said for Saunders, who's completely changed his body, right? He's trimmed down, um, is a physical specimen, really. When you look at Elijah Saunders, he's kind of that prototypical four power forward um, that just needs more experience and opportunities and needs to take advantage of it. So, again, from now until March 15th or March 20th, there's a lot of opportunities for growth for both Miles Bird and Elijah Saunders. All right. If you are here, please subscribe. We'll have much more for you throughout the course of the week. I'll try to have another wrap-up show for you between the Fullerton game and before the BYU game. So we'll try to do that for you. Join us tomorrow, Monday, San Diego Sports 760. We'll be outside VA House Arena getting you ready. 3 o'clock, John and Jim outside VA House Arena. Extended pregame coverage will begin at 6 p.m. Tip-off between San Diego State and the Titans of Cal State Fullerton, I believe, is scheduled for 740 tomorrow night inside VA House Arena. Get there early, drive safely, be loud, enjoy the banner raising, enjoy the night. Hopefully the Aztecs can find a way to get this season off on the right foot 
and pick up a victory on night one against Cal State Fullerton. All right. Again, I told you, please subscribe, smash the like button. You can follow me on Twitter at John Schaefer. Join us tomorrow throughout the course of the day on San Diego Sports 760. Much more for you coming up on the wrap-up show throughout the course of the men's basketball season. My name is John mm -hmm. Schaefer. And until next time, this has been the Aztecs Wrap-Up Show. Thanks, guys. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.